Hey, kiddos. Welcome back to Self Wife, the podcast where I act like I exist for the first time in my life. My name is Ani Baker. Thanks for tuning back in. I really went back and forth with whether or not to do this episode. I just want to be honest with you. I am keeping up with the Israel Hamas war crisis. I am in pain about it. I feel sick to my stomach the more I read and the more I see. And I also see the fire behind this topic and I understand it, you know, to the best of my ability. I haven't lived it personally, but I, I comprehend that there's a lot of history here. There's a lot of racism here. There's a history of tremendous pain on both sides. And I am watching people speak about the backlash they've received for condemning what is happening to the Palestinian people at the hands of the Israeli government. And I took the week off last week because it was just beginning to happen and it felt absolutely ridiculous to just like record the episode I had planned. And obviously things have just gotten so much worse since then in the Gaza Strip. And it both didn't feel right to go back to original content and also at first didn't feel right for me to tackle this subject. And I talked to myself about it for a while. Like if I dedicate an episode to this political crisis, something that is political in nature, will that open me up to demands that I platform everything that I'm, that I disagree with politically, right? Like, am I opening myself up to pressure? Am I setting a precedent that I don't even want to follow through with because I don't want to be a news podcast? That's just not what this is. And there are a lot of podcasts like that and mine's different. So I thought, you know, well, maybe, maybe I just skip two weeks and I just do what I can quietly and then kind of resume content. But then that didn't feel good. And then I thought I would love to talk about this subject in an episode, but I fear that I can't talk about it eloquently enough. I fear that I will piss people off. Guys, I was just having so many conversations with myself about it and wondering like, what is the most responsible decision to make? And someone shared a James Baldwin quote today. I shared it on my Instagram story. I'll read it now. It says, why do the actions of entertainers and artists matter at a time like this? According to James Baldwin, the precise role of the artist then is to illuminate that darkness, blaze roads through that vast forest so that we will not, in all our doing, lose sight of its purpose, which is, after all, to make the world a more human dwelling place. Baldwin also gave a speech at the University of Chicago titled The Moral Responsibility of the Artist. In the speech, he said, the role of the artist is exactly the same as the role of the lover. If I love you, I have to make you conscious of the things you don't see. And that together with this, any person of conscience should speak out against this genocide. If you're in art, education, advocacy, medicine, technology, and more, you have the power to speak out when you see injustice. You have power within your families, within your friends and coworkers, and in your neighborhoods and localities. It's not always easy to speak up, but the alternative is losing our humanity. And that's from Speak the Truth Even If Your Voice Shakes by Maggie Kuhn. And I read that and I was like, okay, no further questions with myself. I felt that the most responsible and best way for me to share with you what has really stood out to me since October 7th is to platform other creators who have been using their voices so 
beautifully throughout this time. So that's what this episode is going to be, along with some information from some articles I've been reading and information on how you can call your representatives and an article that compiles a lot of humanitarian aid organizations that you can donate to and also tells you how to watch out for scam organizations. And then if you stick around to the very end of the podcast, I have a sample recording of me calling my senator using the information on jewishvoiceforpeace.org. Okay, first I'm going to share with you five short and very powerful clips that are by creators on TikTok whose ats and names I make clear before each clip. This first video is by a creator named Subhi, S-U-B-H-I on TikTok. Just to clarify, Gaza is not a country. It is not an independent state, the same way that Israel is. It does not have its own fully functioning, fully independent government. It does not have its own military power, nor does it even have full control over its land. Gaza is an occupied territory in Israel. Israel has full control over what goes in and out of Gaza, who goes in and out of Gaza. They have full control over the borders. They have full control over the airspace, the water. They have control over Gaza's electricity, water, food supply, imports, exports, even medical supplies, and humanitarian aid. Israel has control over it. Palestinians there do not have free movement in and out of Gaza. They have to obtain special permission from Israel just to leave and just to enter. Israel has had a full military blockade on Gaza since 2006. As in anything and everything surrounding Gaza, Israel has control over. That's why people refer to Gaza as the largest open air prison in the world. It's literally a jail. It's a massive bubble that Palestinians have to live in based on however Israel wants them to live. If Israel wants to cut off electricity to Palestinians and only give them three hours of electricity a day, which they very often do, they have the freedom to do that because they have full control over Gaza. Israel doesn't even allow Gaza to have their own airport. They destroyed it in the early 2000s and because Israel has control over the airspace, they can't rebuild one and just start flying out. Palestinians have to obtain permission from Israel to leave Gaza and then if Israel grants them permission to leave Gaza, they have to take a bus from the border between Egypt and Gaza all the way to the airport in Egypt and then they can fly out. Just think about that for a second. People in Gaza literally don't even have the right to have their own airport. That should give you a little bit of insight to what it's like living in Gaza under Israel's control. It's not like Israel is taking good care of these people in their land. No, they're they're treating them like subhuman. This is two million Palestinians living on a sliver of land that is 25 miles by five miles long. When Israel bombs Gaza and there are hundreds dead and thousands injured, they have control over what humanitarian aid enters Gaza. And more often than not, they actually prevent humanitarian aid from entering Gaza, whether from the waters or the border with Egypt. And this is literally happening right now. Israel is bombing Gaza and Israel threatened Egypt, telling them to not send humanitarian aid to Gaza. The land mass of Gaza or Gaza Strip is a direct product of the settler colonial state of Israel. Before 1948, Israel did not exist. It belonged to Palestine. It was called Palestine. Britain, who was colonizing Palestine at that time, decided to establish this false state known as Israel on the land of Palestine and began ethnically cleansing Palestinians from the land, 
killing our people, and forcing more than three quarters of a million Palestinians to flee their land. And thus, the state of Israel was born. From then until now, the size of Palestinian land has been shrinking every single day. And what's left is Gaza Strip, this little piece of land, and the West Bank, which Israel also has full control over. Hamas is not Gaza's government. They are purely an administering power. The actual governing power of Gaza is Israel. Gaza doesn't have a military. The only form of protection the Palestinians there have is militant resistance groups like Hamas. They have nowhere near the military power that Israel has. Israel gets $3 billion of military aid from the US alone every single year. And that's just military aid. What does Gaza have? <laughs> Literally nothing. It's ironic when Israel declares war with Gaza when they're two completely different powers. Even if Gaza wanted to start a military, they can't because Israel controls what goes in and obviously they're not gonna let them bring in weapons. So you are very, very wrong and misinformed if you think that Israel fighting with Gaza is a fair fight. Go read, watch any video on YouTube about how Gaza got to become what Gaza is right now. What's happening right now to Gaza is an ongoing issue. Israel bombs the bejesus out of Gaza and then suffocates them, preventing humanitarian aid and food and water from entering. This is nothing new. I literally recorded a podcast episode during the last Gaza attacks just this last May, giving a much more comprehensive breakdown of Gaza. So if you want to learn about it, generic Muslim podcast, Gaza Attacks. So there was a lot of information in there and it lays the groundwork for what I'm going to share with you next. This next clip is from a Palestinian creator. Her name is Malek. Her handle is Malek, M-E-L-E-K, Elbata, E-L-B-A-T-T-A. Her family is in Gaza right now. She is not, but she is updating us on her family's current situation there. Hello, I'm a Gazan Palestinian who live outside of Palestine currently. But my mom is there, my sister is there, and my two brothers are there. They are under attack at this point. They left our house because my neighborhood, most of the buildings there got demolished, wiped out. And two days ago, the Israeli defense minister, he ordered a complete siege on Gaza, which means no electricity, no food, no fuel. And he referred to Gazan people as human animals in front of the whole world. Contacting my mom every day is getting harder and harder. I want to check on her every second. I want to check on my siblings every second. But it's kind of an impossible mission at this point. Israeli forces, they bombed the main telecommunication companies in Gaza. They bombed mosques, journalists children, women, they left nothing. And here comes my whitey friends, whom are mostly Erasmus Plus volunteers and international students who always advocate for human rights. And they say to my face, you provoked this. Really provoked what? 75 years of oppression, 75 years of occupation, being uh, held and live under an open air prison. And they always say, oh, we feel sorry for both parties and this conflict. I'm not gonna educate you all at this point. Everything is an open source and you have brain. You're smart enough to check facts, to see information, to, fit, to see history. 
and you're smart enough to not be manipulated by your own media and not be brainwashed. I see what you're advocating for all the time. And I call it a bullshit. That was posted six days ago. We are now on day 11 of the Israel-Hamas war. So things have escalated and she has posted since. Check out her page. This next creator shares some important geographical information that helps you understand the issue with the Israeli government saying that they were giving Palestinians in the Gaza Strip 24 hours to evacuate. This was also a few days ago. This is by a creator who goes by Dark Predictions. I was not keeping this in mind at the time, and this was educational for me. So here's this. I need to bring this to the public attention because Israel has been telling everyone to evacuate Gaza and Palestine within 24 hours, otherwise blah, 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 blah. But here's the major problem, guys. I know a little bit about geography. Maybe you don't, but you need to see this. This is Israel, okay? This is Palestine, that's Gaza. This is Egypt, that is Jordan, okay? Now, if they have ordered, been ordered to leave and they have 24 hours to leave, well, they can't go to Israel, that's clear. And they can't go to Israel, that's clear. And they can't go to Israel, that's clear. And they can't just swim into the ocean, that's clear. So the only place they can go is Egypt, right? But what did Egypt just do? Egypt rejects Israeli calls for Gaza residents to leave their homelands and use this as a humanitarian bridge to get over. Egypt rejects safe corridors for Gaza refugees focusing on humanitarian aid. So if they have nowhere to go, you just saw the map. Where can they go? Where are they going to go? They have 24 hours, and that was yesterday. So this is today. Really bad things are going to start happening, and they have nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. Where are they going to go? They're going to swim into the water with no countries accepting them? Where are they going? You realize there's millions of people inside Palestine that are about to potentially be unalived today because of this and because the geography that you just saw. Are we really going to let this happen? So it helps if you're looking at a map of Israel there, but he also explains it in plain enough language. You can understand that he's saying you can't leave Israel without crossing through Egypt, but Egypt said no, that they wouldn't take Gaza and refugees. That happened, and then since then, I believe it was NPR also reported that Israel then bombed the border between the Gaza Strip and Egypt to also prevent them from evacuating the only way that they could. I saw some people say, well, the Israeli government gave them notice so that the civilians could get out, because really this is just about the terrorists. But That's not all of the information. Now, I would be a fool to try to cover the history of Zionism in a clear and fair and concise way in this episode. So I'm going to play this next clip, which is by a progressive Jewish woman who is anti-Zionist. Her handle is Caffeine and Lamotrigine. Hi, I'm Quinn and I'm an anti-Zionist Jew. Zionist Jews have gotten really, really good at making this conflict and this crisis issue of anti-Semitism. That's not what it is. The way they spin it, if you don't support Israel, if you don't support the right of Jewish people to establish an ethnostate on a currently occupied land, you're a Nazi, you're anti-Semitic, you're blowing dog whistles, you want Jewish people to die. Not true. This conflict, this crisis is not about religion. It's about land. Before Zionism had ever come into the mainstream political sphere, before Israel was ever created, before the Holocaust, before all of it, Jews, Muslims, and Christians all lived in Palestine. Palestine was not a Muslim country. 
The land is spiritually relevant to almost all major religions, and up until the proliferation of Zionism and the establishment of the Israeli state, all major religions with ties to the land were represented in the population of Palestine. The issue arose after the Holocaust. There was a mass immigration of Jews from Europe to Palestine, and eventually it became a mainstream political party and political ideology to believe that Jews were owed ownership of the land. It didn't matter what other religions were spiritually connected to the land, the land should be owned by Jewish people. And Zionists make this about anti-Semitism. They are forcing you to pick either anti-Semitism or Islamophobia. It's inherently violent. It's an inaccurate portrayal of the conflict, and it's a bastardization of Judaism. Using Judaism and the atrocities of the Holocaust to justify and inform settler colonial violence is a slap in the face to the entire faith, a perversion of what Judaism teaches us. Now, Zionism goes back to well before the Holocaust. So again, we can't go into it, but hers is a very, very valuable perspective in this conflict. And this last creator leads me to my call to action. He goes by Krola Nation on TikTok, C-R-O-L-L-A underscore nation. With this Palestine and Israel situation, something just came to my head. I remember I was in school. I was in year 10, so this was about 2010. I remember we were learning about like how black people were slaves and they were sold uh, as, as, you know, literally as a product almost, how Hitler did what he did. And I remember, even being as young as I was, I remember I was sat there and I even asked the teacher, I said to him, I said, where was everyone else? I said, was there no other humans alive at the time? I was, I genuinely couldn't understand. I thought, where's the rest of the world, bro? You're telling me this happened. You're telling me black people were sold and people just stood for that and let that happen. You're telling me Hitler did what he did and people just let that happen. I said, where was the rest of the world? We're in 2023 now. I've never found out the answer. I've never actually been able to comprehend where the rest of the world were and what they were doing. Only now, with the Palestine and Israel situation, do I know that when it's something like that, the world go like this, they go like this, and they go like this. And I've never witnessed it before. That was a bit dramatic, wasn't it? Like that. I've never witnessed it before. But only now do I realize how and why things in history happen. And one day, there's going to be another kid like me in, say, another 100 years. They're going to hear about this and learn about this. And that same kid's going to ask a question. He's going to put his hand up. He's going to say, where the fuck were the rest of the world whilst Palestine was getting torn to shreds? Innocent kids were getting killed. You're telling me, they'll say, you're telling me it was on the news, it was on TV, this, that, and the other, and no one did anything. The teacher will say, yes, they sat and watched. That's what we're doing. We're sitting and watching. So the people at the top, you need to start doing something, bro. Because we can't do anything. All I can do is this. I've got nothing else. On my platform, I don't care what happens to this platform, bro. I'm not one of them people. You take away my accounts, I'm still me. You get me? So I don't care, bro. Sort it out. People at the top, sort it the fuck out. We are the rest of the world that he's referring to in that video. He's asking, where was everybody when these other horrible racist atrocities happened on a national or global scale. And the difference I can point to between what's happening right now in Palestine and the other atrocities he mentioned is that we're all online now. We have TikTok, we have ways to share information quickly, we have cell phones to call our senators, we have websites that have scripts laid out for us and forms that we can fill out 
put our name in, put our number, receive a phone call immediately, and then you just have to say the scripted words. That is our power, and it doesn't feel like enough because also it's not supposed to be. We're not in charge. We're civilians too. I mean, unless you're listening to this and you work for the government in any capacity or you work for your local government in any capacity, maybe you are in a position of power, but even you are not able to reach out and stop a war. And none of us are. And we think, well, then if we can't actually stop this, then what can we do? This is what we can do. We can make phone calls, we can donate, and we can use our voice to say that we're not okay with genocide. I mean, this is our country. Our leaders are supposed to listen to us. Biden is on his way to Israel right now to support them in the genocide. We can't say that about the other atrocities he mentioned. You know, we didn't have TikTok during the Holocaust. I understand that that's like a stupid fucking sentence to say, but it's true. We have access. I can go on TikTok right now and literally watch what is happening in Gaza. There's a TikTok page that I would love for you to also follow called Eyes on Palestine. There's a period in between each of those words. And there's a woman operating that page and she still has internet by the grace of God and she's showing you what it's like day to day. She talks about having 500 milliliters of water for her daily rations. She had it in the side of her backpack and a kid came up and grabbed it and and ran with it. And she said, that's not stealing. He's in need, but now I don't have water for the rest of the day. And they're just watching everything crumble and it's just happening. And our president is going to help it happen. It really just makes me sick to my stomach. And so I'm doing what I can do. And don't let people stop you from doing the things that feel small, like calling your senator or donating or spreading the word by saying, oh, well, then what's your solution? What's your solution to this? Oh, do you have a better idea? Oh, you're going to stop the war in the Middle East, that type of shit? It's not your job to have a solution. You're a civilian. But it is your job to speak up when you can by calling your senators, making a couple phone calls, putting your money where your mouth is. I believe that that is what your job is. I believe that that is what my job is and I wanna do my job and I hope that you'll do yours. I'm gonna provide the appropriate links on my Patreon, but also on Instagram along with this episode so that you can follow suit. And I also wanna say I empathize with and also at times agree with just the overwhelming feeling that like, what can we actually do about atrocities? And I know that it's, very common to react to stuff like this by being like, well, what can I do? I have no power in this world. But I want to say that you're not allowed to complain about the very little power that you have if you don't even exercise that power. You're not allowed to complain about it. So exercise the very little power that you have. Make these phone calls, make donations if you can, spread the word, stand up against genocide because it's happening right now. And the United States is backing it. Take extra good care of yourself this week, actual care, not zoning out care, not numbing care, but something that actually nourishes you. Do that this week. Everybody needs it. All right, everyone. Thanks. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. And again, I'll link these things in the show notes on my Patreon and on Instagram when I post this episode. But in this phone call, I'm reading from the script provided on jewishvoicesforpeace.org. There's a form you fill out, you quickly put in your information, you click call now, you get a call back, it opens up a voicemail, it'll probably tell you that your representatives are busy with other people and to leave a message and then you can read 
or you can go off the cuff. Now you don't have to read all of this. You can just repeat the last line. So listen carefully for the last line. Thank you for calling the Washington DC office of Senator Butler. Currently all of the staff are assisting other constituents with calls at this time. Please leave your comment after the tone. My name is Ani Baker and I call on President Biden to demand and facilitate an immediate ceasefire. The Biden administration must also refrain from sending any more weapons to the Israeli government. We mourn for the Palestinian and Israeli civilians killed, and we continue to fight with everything we have for the living. There is no justification in international law for the targeting of civilians or of the holding of civilian hostages. That was true when Hamas attacked Israeli civilians, and we must apply that same standard to the Israeli military as it subjects a captive population in Gaza to a massive aerial bombardment targeting hospitals using white phosphorus and forcing 1.1 million people to flee south while bombing both the designated evacuation routes and the southern Gaza Strip. The Israeli government is threatening to commit genocide against Palestinians and denying their humanity. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu asserted, what we do to our enemies will reverberate for generations. The Israeli Minister of Defense called Palestinians human animals, announced that the 16-year-long draconian siege on Gaza will now become a total closure, vowing no electricity, no food, no water, no fuel. Everything is closed. There are over 2 million Palestinians in Gaza, half of whom are children. Without intervention, this catastrophe threatens to become unimaginably more devastating. The unthinkable becomes acceptable when we deny people their humanity. We must fight to bring this devastating violence to an immediate end. President Biden, stop sending the Israeli military more weapons. Facilitate an immediate ceasefire. Millions of lives depend on it. 